Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. What's happening, Russian Nation? What's good? We are back. Welcome to episode 68. For those of you who are joined us on the live stream, welcome in. You may notice that the man sitting opposite me at the table today is not Ash. Ash is once again, I don't even know where he is this time. I know he's gone away again. He's hired a house. He's living his best life at the end of 2021, and why not? So I thought, I can't do another solo pod. It's too much hard work. And our boy George stepped up and said, Stocks, I'm in. Count me in. He offered it, even offered it out. That's how much of a nice dude this guy is. He's sitting there in a Notre Dame t-shirt representing the Irish. George, fill me in, man. You're not an Irish fan, are you? No, I um I am a Washington Husky fan, obviously, Pac 12, but I was just going through all my tops and stuff, and everyone, everyone that I chose lost this weekend. So <laughs> I, I just fell on this one. Yeah, I, to be fair, it's not even like uh the Irish one this weekend, which was, I don't know, that was a, that was a, that was a tricky one. It, it was a sort of a, a coin flip, but yeah, I did think they'd come out winners in that one, but unfortunately they didn't. But yeah, I mean, welcome in. This is, is this, this is definitely yours and mine first podcast together, right? It's joint collab sitch. We did one mock draft for yeah. Rich last season. Is that the only other time we've? Yeah, I think it is. I think we just did the mock drafts together, didn't we? This is only me. me I think I did the Pac-12 preview at the start, but all the others have just been mock drafts. Mock draft from which we obviously we love mock drafts anyway. Don't we? They're always fun, but yeah, had a few of them before draft. Yeah, and for those of you who are eagle-eyed, and you were tuned into the stream, I did make an error, and we had the uh, dynasty countdown, which is why it threw me off, and I wasn't sure what was going on. So I'm sorry about that. And if you're joining on the replay, welcome in. Nice to have you. Jordan and I are going to get through some news. We're going to talk some injuries. We're going to talk some results. There's going to be a lot of Pac-12 talk because, as you may be aware, Jordan gives us, being me and Ash, a hell of a lot of stick for not talking about the Pac-12. Too much Big Ten. We're going to slide over the ACC because they are still terrible this week. And there's going to, it's just going to be a Pac-12 deep dive, and I'm just going to give Jordan as much time as he wants to talk Pac-12, basically. And there's some certain 
certain results that stand out to us this week, Jordan, in the Pac-12. But before we get to that, today's podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, as Manscaped, sorry, as are all podcasts over the network. If you head over to manscaped.com, pick yourself up a lawnmower 4.0, head over to the cart, stick the code 5YARD into the promotion bar, you'll get 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. So if you're in the market for a male grooming product, head over to Manscaped, use our code, we'll hook you up. George, let's talk some news. We're going to start with the uh, CFP director, Bill Hancock. He's laid out a timeline for the potential playoff expansion. He said on the Paul Feinbaum show, we have a contract this season and four more. To expand before that, we need to make the decision in the next three or four months. And uh, using an analogy for how this process has been moving, he said, this is not instant coffee. This is fully brewed, rich, extravagant coffee. So, I mean, from what I can take of that, George, some people like instant coffee. You know, there there are those instant drinkers out there. Is this going to be something that's confusing for everybody? Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, like, I'm, I'm an instant coffee drinker at work. But I like to. I do. I do like um, a fully brewed rich one at home when I've got a bit of time. But there's nothing wrong with instant coffee, is there? No, no. Fun fact about instant coffee: Did you know when they make it, they take the smell out at the very beginning of the process, and then they add it into the jar at the very end before they seal it. <laughs> well, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> I did not expect to learn anything about instant coffee when I came on the podcast when I got invited yeah. today, but I'm going to take that away with me and I'll be telling everyone at work tomorrow for sure. That's my fun fact to tell everyone. Thanks. Thanks. For that. Oh, there you go. It's because they freeze it in a massive shit. You know, it's in um, little granules, isn't it? But what they do is they freeze it in a huge continuous sheet and the freezing process would kill the smell. So they take the smell out, freeze it into a sheet, then smash it into a million pieces. And then just before that nice foil top is added, in goes the smell. So it's there you go. There's your fun fact, Rush Nation. George, you can use that at work. In fact, everybody can use it and um, watch a bit of telly. I do enjoy a documentary on how factories work and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I mean, this this playoff expansion, do we think it's going to happen in the next three to four months or are, we gonna, are they going to drag it out and it will be well into next year before we know? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. I, I can't see it happening anytime soon. I've, Obviously, the longer it goes on, we always feel that is it going to happen? But I feel like it could happen. I think it'd be beneficial to everyone. You know, like obviously more teams in there, more games. You know, for more more like money for for, for games. You know, at the end of the season. But it'd be a big ask for it to happen in the next few years. It could even could even happen after the contract. You know, like right up until the end. You know, before the contract ends. You know, you know what it's like with college football. Things seem to drag on so right to the end. So, but I think it would. I think it will happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it will. And it makes sense, like you say, for the monetary, there'll be bigger television from it because there'll be more playoff games, so there'll be more excitement. Like the NFL, the, it's basically you work towards the playoff, don't you? And once you get in, that's when the, it all ramps up and stuff like that. And we, we probably should see that with college football, but on a wilder scale because of just how wild college football is anyway. It's like the passion and stuff is... I mean, you imagine some of those big games where perhaps Penn State get a, a home draw in the playoffs and there it could be another whiteout in the season. And I don't know, but there's it's absolute madness. I mean, it's it's one of those things where only it will only benefit us as a fan. Like, I can't see any negative from having an expansion to the playoffs. Can you? No, no, I, I can't. You know, obviously, like there's all the, like a, like you said, I'm probably going to bring Pac-12 into it a lot. But obviously, you'll see a Pac-12 team in there, maybe two. You know, obviously, it's like all the other signs. You know, like I know Cincinnati are close this year, but you know, like a Power Five team and yep. or two could be in there. And it's just, it's like you, like you said, you know, at the end of the season, that's what you all work for. And these these, these ball games are fun. Don't get me wrong, I, I like ball games. But if you've got eight teams in a playoff and it becomes a knockout, where obviously you've got Alabama and the Georgias and stuff in there, but it's just a one game shootout, so anything can happen in these, and mm-hmm. it brings the excitement. And there will be some one sided games, but if you're not in it, you 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 don't know if you've got a chance, do you? Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, with the SEC, do you think that the expanded playoffs, we might see more SEC teams in because of, you know, there's now, we can allow a few more in because it's a bigger playoff. So, for instance, you think, look at the teams this year, you've got Bama, Georgia, all right, Florida lost this weekend, so perhaps they're not in the consideration anymore. But because the SEC is so good, the number of SEC teams that 
could make it in could now increase. Whereas this year, although Oregon lost this weekend, so the, the Pac-12's participant, I, I mean, they didn't, they certainly didn't need that loss this weekend. And I don't know what that's done to their rankings yet because we haven't got down to the rankings this week. But I mean, they're they're definitely within a shout in the Pac-12 for going forward because the expansion, the extra spaces. But it would be interesting to see how many SEC teams perhaps squeak in now that the it's a larger pool to pull from. But that that would be the only negative if if the sort of the rich get richer from this because rather than consider teams from like the Power Five, since like you said and Notre Dame from your T-shirt, that sort of thing. Are we going to see teams that are perhaps better, but from a conference that's stronger, maybe squeaking because there's extra places? I don't know. I'm just thinking off the fly. Perhaps that might happen, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Wisconsin is naming the playing field at Camp Randall Stadium after former Badgers football coach and athletic director Barry Alvarez. Chancellor Rebecca Blank announced the decision at Friday night's ceremony honouring Alvarez who retired as Wisconsin's AD this summer. Blank said that the the playing field will be known as Barry Alvarez Field at Camp Randall Stadium. See, if I can't even say that, how are fans going to say, oh, do you fancy a game at Barry Alvarez Field at Camp Randall Stadium? Probably just like that. Anyway, Barry Alvarez coached Wisconsin from 1990 to 2005. That's a long time. That is a long, long time to coach a team. And he set a program record for a career coaching victories, winning three Rose Bowl titles, a program that had gone nine and 36 in the four years before his arrival. His record is 119, 74 and four. And that includes a one-on-one mark as interim coach in the bowl games that he capped the 2012 and 2014 season. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2010. This is this is big news for Barry Alvarez and, and family members, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's 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 we see we see this quite a bit now, you know, like in obviously NFL and college, and like I say, I've, I've only been following college for for four or five years now, and so I didn't really know much about him. But like you say, you've got you've read out his his, his stats for as his um, for his career, and you can see why that they've named after him. Is um, looks like he's done a fantastic job there, and he's won he's brought a lot of titles to uh, to Wisconsin as well. So. And I'm obviously being inducted into the Hall of Fame. If you know what I mean, you're not just anybody getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. you can see why they've done it. You know, it's um, and I probably go and read a bit about him to honest with you, because I'm not, I don't know much about him, but it's probably worth, it looks like he's worth reading about. Yeah, yeah. There's probably stuff like this. Uh, you know, I've only been following college for three years now, and the last two years, probably properly. So between us, we're we're uh, greenhorns, shall we say, in the college world. But there's probably stuff like this all over the college football because of how many teams and how rich and in-depth the history from these teams are that is stuff that... There's probably a book. There's probably a book out there that covers all of these points. In a, I know Ben Isaacs wrote NFL, a history of NFL where every day there's a couple of facts from the NFL every day of the year. So it's 365 days, obviously. And then there's a couple of facts from each NFL point in that. So I imagine there's something like that about college. And if there isn't, Ben, if you're listening, not one of those up as well, because definitely going to be reading that. Right. That was it for the news. George, wasn't a lot this week. Let's move over to the injury corner. Again, we never like to come over to injury corner, but it is a mainstay now of college football and our news breakdown every week. So we start in Maryland. Their wide receiver, Dante Dimas Jr., was carted off the field with an apparent leg injury during Friday night's game against Iowa. He was returning a kickoff early in the second quarter. He was tackled at the 10-yard line and his right leg appeared to buckle as he twisted to the ground. George, any more on this? Do we know how bad the condition is? Well, I haven't heard um, anything to, to confirm if, he, if he's out for the year or when he'll be back, but... I did see like um, a, a clip when he was being carted off. He, he was pointing to the field, shouting, "I'll be back! I'll be back!" So I don't know if he means he'll be back pl- playing again or he'll be back this year. But he, he seems <laughs> he seemed confident in himself that he would be back. Well, that, that's a good good place to start, if nothing else. Um, that Maryland game, you know, the Terrapins went in as not necessarily favourites, but it was supposed to be a close one, and they just got blasted, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, I thought. I did think Iowa would um, have a bit too much for him, but not not on that scale, to be honest with you. No, 51, I think 51 points, wasn't it? Something like that. It was a, a lot from an Iowa team that haven't been performing on offense this season. And uh, they got five picks, I think. I think 
Tungavaloa through five picks after having the last few weeks really turned up. So that, that's going to hurt the uh, the confidence a little bit. Stanford wide receiver Bryson Tremaine suffered a significant lower leg injury during his second quarter of Saturday's game against Oregon. It appeared Tremaine dislocated his ankle and, yeah, and was in some agonizing pain. Yeah, that sounds agonizing. Uh, anything to do with the ankle, just because of its that there's nothing there, is there? It's just ankle and bone. So you think anything snaps or breaks in there, it's just just going to be horrendous. I mean, that Stanford Oregon result. We mentioned it, Jordan. Might as well dive in. Pack twelve. Now's your time, brother. Come on. What that was? Is that a look ahead game for Oregon? Who are now on bye next week, but then they've got a big opponent the week after. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think you mentioned it early on in the show. They just didn't need that Oregon, you know. Like obviously, it's set them back from the playoffs. Um, obviously, all they can do now is win and hope people ahead of them drop, and they still might get in. But it's a tall order because they've still got the Pack twelve is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement that the Pac-12 is obviously not the best conference out of the Power Five, but for, for British listeners and obviously American, if you follow the soccer over here, it's just like the championship, the Pac-12 for me. It's like anyone can beat anyone. It's just so exciting in, in that aspect. And that just proved, I think this weekend proved it, obviously, with especially with this game, Stanford beating Oregon. I, I, I thought Oregon would win, but... The top teams in the Pac-12 always seem to lose one game. They can't go. It's impossible not to lose one or two against a fellow Pac-12 team. And you knew, you, you did think it were going to come, but I just didn't expect to be Stanford. But um, David Shaw, is, I, I really like him as a head coach at Stanford. I think this is his 10th, maybe it's, it might be his 11th season. He's only ever had one losing season, so he always seems to pull out results as well. And they've had two two wins, Stanford, against top 25 um, opponents now. You know, obviously, USC have struggled and obviously been fallen out of the top 25 now, but at the time, they were in the top 25 and they beat them as well. Yeah, they've definitely showed up this season and they've, they've showed up in games that, you know, they probably expected to be blown out in, but they, they've... They're more consistent than I thought they'd be and it's... It's it's something that I don't know. Going forward, are we going to have to consider this for the rest of this season anyway? After this win, and like you said, the USC win, is it something that perhaps we're going to have to consider with Stanford? Are perhaps the spreads too big when they should be closer, or are there players for you know? We'll talk about fantasy. Are there players for fantasy perhaps a little bit more relevant than we thought they might be? And that's something maybe we need to check out in the showdown. Um, George, with with all your players on by, we were talking about before the before the pod started. You got a lot of people out. Are there some Stanford sleepers in there that perhaps you might should be checking out? Well, it's a shame that, um, like I mentioned, I was started with Bryson Tremaine being injured, and because um, he he's, he's a, he were a fantastic target for Tanner McKean. I've got a shout out Tanner McKean because I know Murph is a big fan of Tanner McKean. He's really shown up this year. You know, he's um, he came in. I don't know if it was the third quarter or maybe. Maybe maybe at half time in the first game, which they lost. But ever since then, he hasn't put a foot wrong. You know, I don't think he's even thrown an interception so far. He's he's been really he's been really good, and he's um, I think he's draft eligible in twenty twenty three, I believe. So they've got another year of him, and he really looks good. So I don't know if anyone's picked up Tanner McKee. So if you need a quarterback, he might be a a good shout for you. Woo! I do. <laughs> we, uh, I, t- I tell you what, we'll finish this last bit of injury, Jordan, then we could talk some showdown because Ash was telling me the listeners like to, to hear about the showdown because it throws a bit of fantasy in with college and you get some names and stuff as well. So we can talk some showdown. You will have to be the info man because, as everybody knows, my phone is my webcam and all the information is on there. So it's coming down to you for the information. So get ready for that, Jordan. The last bit of injury news was that Georgia quarterback JT Daniels sat out Saturday's win over Arkansas with a lat injury. Head coach Kirby Smart said that Daniels would be week to week but could feature against Auburn next Saturday. So even without JT Daniels, Georgia pretty much smashed Arkansas at the weekend. Yeah, the... I don't know if they needed a quarterback, to be honest with you. I don't think, um, I don't think, um, I forgot his name slipped in my mind now. There's the backup, um, I don't think he threw it many times. I think he only threw it about four or five times. It was just all run dominant. I'm sure we'll get onto that later on, you know, with um, the SEC. But um, yeah, um, it, was, it was a good time to rest him, really. And if, if even if he 
if he was like close to, to playing, you know, it, it, obviously that Auburn game is going to be a big one next week. So hopefully they can get him fit for that. See, I just, I think Arkansas would be a bigger test than Auburn. And it wasn't a test. It wasn't even a contest. And you know, we said on the pod last week, Ash and I were talking about the spread in the Georgia game and the Alabama game. And I thought that Arkansas could, could turn over Georgia. And then I thought Ole Miss, Ole Miss, sorry, should, could, could, push Alabama or even beat them and I said that I'd have the double and I put my free bet of the week on the double and I mean it, it was it was big ask it was like 45 to 1 but that the, the way college football had been going that sort of upset wasn't without possibility but as the title of today's show suggests that apart from Oregon maybe a couple of other results the big dogs have turned up this week and showed why they are the the top two and three now in with Iowa's 51 demolition of the Terrapins, you know, they, they are the teams that are going to... It's between Bama and Georgia for me, really. But if... if Georgia, you're probably a bit more au fait with how the playoffs work than I, I am at the moment. Are Alabama and Georgia being the one and two seed? Will they get split up or will they play each other? Where yeah. <clears throat> Alabama would play number four. So if, like, Georgia's two... They would play number three, so because and I'm with you, I can't see. I don't think. I think it's important to say that, like you said, Arkansas is still a good team, and so are all Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss. I think Georgia and Alabama are just really good teams this year, and there's no shame in losing to them like they do. You know, I think if Georgia and Alabama both get to end up playing each other in the final of the college championship, you look back at it and think, and we lost to to the finalists. I don't. I don't think um, Arkansas and Ole Miss did anything significantly bad in that game they just came up against two giants this season you know really good teams Georgia have, I thought Georgia would be good this year but they've really surprised me how good they actually are in all, yeah. all areas this year yeah Tom's lucky that he got on the Georgia train before they were this good otherwise he'd be a bandwagon fan and that whole situation would come out so Tom if you're listening thinking of your brother but yeah I I was rapping uh the lads it's my son's birthday today so H, when you listen to this in five t- five years' time, because your dad was on a podcast, happy birthday, little man. But I was wrapping his presents Saturday night, and um, Georgia was on, and I thought, oh, I'll flick this on. I got a bit of interest with the bet on. And Georgia's defensive front seven is NFL quality. The front seven, you could stick them on any NFL team, and they would be serviceable. I'm not saying they'd be elite like most NFL teams are, because you get the cream of each position from the draft but that front seven at Georgia is absolutely frightening and they win football games on their own like you said JT Daniels didn't need to play in their backup hardly through the ball because they controlled the clock with the run game and the defense did the rest it was scary how good they are Jordan I'm going to ask you right now Bama Georgia final who wins it I'd love to be different and say Georgia but how, how can you sit how can you talk against a Nick Saban team I know they're not I know they've lost a lot of players but how good is Brash Young you know, how, how good is how good is Bryce Young to say this year is the first time he's really been throwing footballs around, you know, for full games, you know. But it would be a good game. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it'd be a definite Alabama win. It'd be a be a close game, but I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't bet against Nick Saban and Alabama. See, if it was me if if I'm doing that, it's Georgia every time. I'm back in Georgia. I just think that defense, as good as Bryce Young has looked. This is the first time he's playing football, like proper college football. And as good as he has looked, he hasn't come up against a defence like Georgia. I think Kirby Smart could put the heebie-jeebies into Bryce Young in his first year. And I think, you know, we saw it with Georgia. If a team, um, Florida and Bama, sorry, you can spook their team. You can can get them riled up and, and get them into trouble. And after the first quarter, they hardly scored against Florida. So I think Georgia could definitely do that. And I could. I saw the same thing, although maybe I'm now shooting myself in the foot. I saw the same thing with Ole Miss. I thought that Lane Kiffin would dial something up and they'd be competitive, but Bama just marched up the field on the Rebels and it wasn't even a contest. But, you know, I think Georgia beat Bama this year just because of how good that defence is. It's, it is frighteningly good. Frighteningly good. No, I, I, do, I do agree. It is a very good defence. I just think Alabama... They've started off as quite sluggish, and like again, like you mentioned, Florida, and I just wouldn't be surprised if that were just second gear Alabama football, and we've just it's, it's, we haven't seen the best of Alabama, which is crazy to say. <laughs> yeah, 
which that's a that's a scary statement in itself so we talked a little bit about the showdown George you uh you're in the very I guess what's the word I'm looking for here you and uh five yard team college are sitting pretty at the top you and Jack both five and oh You've you've had uh, you've had easy games to this point. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say you've had easy games. You've both come up against cupcakes. You haven't come against true competition yet. I mean, if you look at the points for and points against, I'm sitting there in third now after my 0-2 start. The Jets have been turned on. I'm now three and two. I've scored the most points by nearly 70 points only after five weeks. You know, I've had nearly the most points against. That you and Jack is just it's better if you get one of those wins out losses out of the way now because then I can climb up another step reel you in I've only got to be there till the playoffs that's the point just get into the playoffs and then I'll do what I do best and and win ships um reply <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on you because obviously like you said you start two and nine I've noticed that you there's a bunch of you behind and you're creeping up into that bunch at three and two and like you say it don't don't matter what you finish so if you get to the if you get to the end of it and into the playoffs that's the main thing and you go from there don't you yeah that's it that's it I mean you, you say I'm in that bunch I'm at the top of the bunch but I'm third I'm right there snapping at your heels let's let's not let's not say I'm with that bunch they're behind me let's get that right but I I, I will say if I don't get the quarterbacks I'm after this week in the waivers I am a little bit of a pickle week seven because my two starters are on by so let's uh let's keep that on the down note till the waivers process anyway um any other any other things stand out to you from the showdown, George? Um, apart from being five and zero, no, <laughs> not much. You know, I, I like uh, we mentioned off scene. I've got. I don't like to be a negative, negative guy, but it's going to be hard for me to keep my unbeaten run because, like I mentioned, I've got so many people on buys. And I don't. I don't really. Obviously, I know normally you mentioned maybe mention some players that are on buys. I don't want to mention um, too many people that like. <laughs> because I might need to get them because I'm just looking through now and I've got uh, Juice Vaughan on a bye Xavier Hutchinson Josh Kelly CJ Vidello's injured and um, I had another guy as well yeah Josh Kelly from Fresno State you know so I've got five players on buys in my starting thing so I don't really want to say too many players that you could go get because I might need them have you uh, have you had a look into your matchup against Jack this week, Jordan, have you clicked on? Has he got anyone on buy in his starting lineup currently, or is he going to be putting out a full side? I think he's got a full side. I think I'm five and one next week. If I take, if I say that now, I'm more comfortable when I am five. <laughs> one. Get it away early. Get it away early. I mean, Jack's a formidable college fantasy guy. You know, he made the final last year. He's five and zero oh this year. If he wasn't having to do bedtime because his missus was at a gig tonight, then Jack would be here. You know, you both could have come on. It could have been a three way dogfight but we could have had some real interesting banter about how who's going to be top of the league next week but who who's in fourth Jordan if you get the standings up who's in fourth because obviously you and Jack are tied first I'm coming in at third who's fourth is the landscape changed because I know when Ash and I talked about this a little while ago it was just team college team college team college there wasn't any five yard representative we've got me and Jack at five and oh and then there's a big bunch like like you say you are top of the bunch Stocks, you are three and two, and then there's Shane, three and two. You've got Ash, three and two, and you've got Team Langley, three and two. I think he's part of. Is he part of the college team? Don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I just destroy who's in front of me. Then you've got Ollie, Rich, Dougie on two and three. <laughs> And at the bottom, you've got Connor on 0 and five, and then you've got Tom and Murph on one and four, who are going to who need a good run to get towards the end. So I think it looks like they're relying on you again, Stocks, to to try and get to get to the playoffs and win it all again for the uh, five yard rush team. Well, you know, I said it a little while ago, George. You know, I'm in that I'm in that position this year where it doesn't really matter what happens for me because if someone in team college wins, then I sort of win now. But if I win it, then I win it for team yard, five yard. But I'm also winning it for team college. So I'm I'm that joker card this year. It just doesn't matter what happens. I'm in that enviable position, unenviable position that I can, whatever happens, I'm I'm part of the winning squad. But Ollie's the one who surprised me after last year, doing so well in the draft this year. Something's happened and Ollie's players just haven't turned up. But I'm facing Tom this week and a, a scared one and four Tom 
is a little bit concerning. You know, he's, he needs a result, like you said. So perhaps it could be could be an upset. But I think Tom's getting um, all his excuses out already as well, saying how bad he is at fantasy football. I've noticed <laughs> before. I didn't know he didn't know he was playing you, but it's all making sense now. Yeah, me neither until I saw it afterwards. But Tom, it does make sense saying it now. Just get that out the way. I'm looking at I'm looking at a four and two and one game behind Jordan next week, Rush Nation. That's what's going to happen. And then Jordan, who's what's the what happens the week after that? Who's playing week seven? This is the telltale because if it's me versus you week seven, that will be that will be absolute dreamland. No, no, that's a shame. That's a shame. What's yeah. the uh, what's the sitch in week seven? I've got sh- I've got Team Shane and you've got Team. Oh, you got how to dougie. I'm trying to look. Oh, I've got you the week after in in week eight. Nah, that's fine. All my starters are back then. <laughs> week, just get week seven out of the way and happy days, happy days. Right, George. Let's talk some AP rankings. Obviously, Bammer or one. Georgia. Oh no, I've done it wrong. We're supposed to go from twenty five. This happens every time. Ash told me off last time. We're supposed to go from twenty five up, taking five teams each. Do you want to go first or second? Um. I'll go first because I can see one of my Pac-12 teams in there. So, um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll go first. So 25 to 21. So 25, we've got San Diego State. 24, SMU sneaked in, which is the, they've been playing well this year. 23, NC State. 22, Arizona State was taking the place of UCLA with their victory. And at 21, we've got Texas. Anybody surprise you in those first five picks, George? No, I'm... It's maybe SMU. I, I, can, I know a lot of people I know right at the start of the season, Tom and Ash, when they were talking, they were, they were talking SMU up this year. And um, obviously they, they were right. <laughs> they've got, they've sneaked in there. But no, maybe maybe Texas could, could have been a bit higher looking at a few above them. But no, no surprises, I'd say. Not, not massive surprises anyway. No, I think SMU is... They're they're playing really well, and Tanner Mordecai is is the real deal. I think the way he's playing football right now. So I think he's doing his draft stock a world of good, and it, it was the right thing to do for him to transfer. We talked about it last week. I think Texas could they be ahead of Florida? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe you know like after, after Florida's lost to Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, where were Florida last week? How many did they slide with? With do you know off the top of your head? I thought they were just outside. The 10, maybe maybe 11, I guess. So that's, a, that's a fair old slide. And we saw it the week before with Clemson. They slid down to 25. And even with the win, Clemson are now out of the top 25 since the first time since 2014. So Incredible. Yeah. You want to say, you want to follow that start of year, would you? But they're just they're not playing Clemson football. Even though they got the win, DJ didn't throw a touchdown pass. They only had 207 yards of passing, something like that. So, yeah, it's crazy times. Crazy times with them not in the top 25. So to, to, at 20, we've got Florida, then 19's Wake Forest, 18's Auburn, Ole Miss at 17, and then Kentucky with the big win over Georgia, move up to 16, which is pretty good for them, right? Yeah, um, stay unbeaten, don't they? I, I, I thought the way Florida beat Tennessee and obviously their loss against um, Alabama the week before, I thought it'd be a... It'd be a it'd be a it'd be a win for Florida, but I think if you look at the stats and stuff, um, it, it's so it's so close. It's it's strange how how Kentucky how Kentucky won it. I'm, I'm sorry when I say so so close, I mean like Florida were, were they looked a better team on paper, and I think um, I think I'm sure I saw somewhere Kentucky turned the ball over three or four times and still ended up winning 2013. So. I'm, I'm, I think I watched um, the the short highlights on that one, so I'm going to have to go back and look at that one because yeah, I listened to a podcast the other day and uh, they were saying that they were surprised how Kentucky have come out with a with a win, with turning the ball over so much. Yeah, well, the SMU did it two weeks ago against TCU. I think they Tanner Mordecai threw three picks and they still beat TCU. So it, it can happen. You can have these games where they turn the ball over and. I mean, we we skipped over Arizona State. We could talk about we'll talk about that in a little bit, but you and I have both talked about how we've seen or heard from that game so that would be a good review to get to George the next five if you please sir so yeah we've got 15 Coastal Carolina 14 Notre Dame who obviously slipped down after their loss you know 13 Arkansas 12 Oklahoma State and 11 Michigan State who are having a 
a really good season. Michigan State, another surprise package up there. Yeah. Is there any of those groups that you think should be higher or lower? I mean, Notre Dame at 14, even after their loss, should they have slid down perhaps below an unbeaten Kentucky after after beating one of the best teams in the SEC? You know, that's a, that's a big, big win for their resume. Yeah. It's... Um, the AP rankings, like obviously, they're, they're fantastic to look at. You know, it's like interesting to see. Obviously, try to fight for that top four, and obviously, teams outside. But there's a lot where you could just slide a couple here and there down. But I don't know. Obviously, the the, the, the way that they do it is a bit different to maybe how I'd see it. But yeah, but that's that's the that's the thing with the AP poll as well. Like it, because there are so many people do it, and there's so many views and opinions on how they do it, it perhaps does get skewed by the occasional point that could be, say someone could put, I don't know, let's just, on a whim here, let's just say, for instance, they think Kentucky are awesome and they put them as their 15. So that slides them up way higher because of the average and stuff. So, yeah, it, it's it's such a opinionated thing, isn't it? And, well, our 25 would be different. There'd, there'd hardly be any 25s that are the same within the entire thing so and then at 10 you've got BYU 9 you've got Michigan 8 Oregon 7 Ohio State and then 6 Oklahoma what do you what of those five Jordan I think I think they're all about right maybe Michigan could be above eight number eight Oregon because of the Oregon loss and how Michigan are, are playing so well but and then BYU, you know, they're not beating huge teams, but they are—they haven't been behind the entire football season. They've always been ahead, and then they've been ahead by a score or two, and then somebody has scored on them, and they've just—they've then scored again or turned the ball over when they needed to. And BYU are playing real good football right now, and this weekend against Boise, that will be one hell of a test. Yeah, I think um, I, I agree. Maybe Michigan, Michigan could be above uh, Oregon there, but BYU, yeah, I saw them a couple of times this year. Cause they played a few Pac-12 teams. Now they um, struggled over the line the first game against Arizona. Obviously, we, we know we know Arizona <laughs> like haven't won a game for I think it's it's that many games now. I've lost track. I'm sure it's about seventeen now, maybe sixteen over like last year and this year. I'm gonna say sixteen, I'll give them benefit of doubt. But they were they were the Arizona State and they were very impressive and the, the players that they lost you thought that it might be a bit more of a struggle this year for them. But um obviously head coach um I think it's Kalami Sitari, I think he's called um next people up and they and they've done they've done really well, haven't they BYU, you know, the, the quarterback yeah. there again, his name escapes me. He's, he's been fantastic to watch this year as a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, and that's the thing where they win this weekend. Jaron Hall, their quarterback, the guy you're talking about, he's out injured. And then their next quarterback up, whose name has completely escaped me, which is terrible because he's also got a brother who plays in the team as well as a wide receiver. Um, oh, what's his name? Anyway, he got injured. So their fourth string or third string for that game quarterback came in and played really well. They ran the ball. He didn't make many pass attempts, but didn't turn it over, did what he needed to do, and, and they got out of there with a win. And I was saying to Joel before we got into the podcast how luckily I work really early on a Saturday and Sunday, and when BYU play, they work, they always play late. because So I often catch the second half of the game, and I've downloaded their app, BYU Radio app now, so you can just listen to the live stream. It's wicked. Listening to football on the radio is so good. I hadn't realised this until I listened to college football. There is a lot of adverts, I will give you that. But listening, fantastic. It's so good. Anyway, I re recommend doing it. We'll talk about it again. We'll get to UCLA in a minute. Um, and then, George, the final five, if you will. No surprises here, really. No, it's um, number five, Cincinnati. Four, Penn State. Three, Iowa. Two, Georgia. And one, Alabama. And I think that's spot on to be honest with you I, I, I love seeing Cincinnati at number five I, I can't I can't deny that it's so good to see um you know Cincinnati after last season you know they did they, they did really well last year and just the talk of them maybe getting into the top four but obviously Notre Dame picked them out and they, they've got a chance if they win out now obviously it's still a big ass a long way to go if they win out they could we've obviously we're, again we'll talk matchups later Penn State play out Iowa this week so they could find themselves in the top four at the end of uh, when it comes around Sunday, Monday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they 
they they got quite a hard schedule as well. They got a few ranked teams left. So if you say like they win out, it would be very difficult not to have them in that top four because of how well they've done this season. So yeah, interesting stuff still to come on the podcast. Stay tuned for that. As we mentioned, Clemson out of the top 25 for the first time since 2014. Other teams out this week, Texas A&M after their loss, Fresno State, UCLA after their loss, Baylor. And then teams looking in, Clemson who were just there, Texas A&M who were just there, Oregon State. It's it's a, it's a upside-down, whirly-twirly season so far. And then, like you said, there's some big matchups this week. We've got Iowa State against Penn State for the three and four. That could flip depending on wins. And then Georgia take on 18 Auburn. And then Oklahoma face Texas in the Red River game. So this weekend, the football keeps coming. There's some absolute belters, George. Yeah, it's, um, there's going to be a lot more movement in that top 25 again. Like you say, at first, no state were shocked. You know, Luke, this been playing brilliant this year. And then obviously, this is the this is what the season's been like. First, no state being excellent. Then they lose to Hawaii. You know, like Hawaii, Hawaii are a decent team on the day. But first, no state, the way they've been playing, you expect them to win. Yeah. And they've obviously lost out to them and they've seen themselves slip out, you know, the top 25. You know, it, it's been it's been good. I'm not. It's been a lot. It's been different than I'm used to, but it's been fun. And that that in itself has made it really good. Let, let's talk some results, and we that theme continues with the team who was sucked this year, winning when they probably shouldn't have done. You know, we're starting the ACC. Florida State beat Syracuse 33-30 in a game I thought the Orange were going to walk because of Florida State maybe giving up. Um, Virginia beat Miami. All right, that one's not so much of a surprise, but Virginia going to Miami and winning. Yeah, it, again, it is a Miami were favourites, but Virginia playing some of the best football we can watch on telly this year, regardless of result, whether they win or lose, it's entertaining football. Uh, NC State beat Louisiana Tech 34-27. Wake Forest stay unbeaten as they beat Louisville 37-34 in a game that was, I haven't seen the highlights for that. I'm going to go back and watch it because I am an ACC guy and that, that feels like a really good game that, Louisville were behind in the fourth and couldn't quite draw it back. Clemson just beat Boston College 19-13. As I mentioned, DJ didn't throw for a touchdown. Only had 207 or something yards passing. So that's why Clemson slid out of the top 25. Uh, Pitt beat Georgia Tech 52-21. And that's after Georgia Tech's big win last week. We thought there might be a bit of trouble for Pitt in this one. But, you know, Kenny Pickett is playing absolutely lights out football at the moment. And then finally, North Carolina brushed aside Duke 38-7. Anything in there, George, that you think is is a bit of a bit different to what you thought, or is it pretty much business as usual in the ACC? Um, obviously, I suppose it's not anything new with Clemson. You know, like how much they've struggled this year. But Wake Forest um, are doing really well this year. Obviously, yeah. it's your it's, it's your conference ACC. I normally try and watch as much as I can everywhere, but I haven't seen much ACC. But I know you mentioned. Um, Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh and I'm going to have to go back and watch him because all I see on Twitter is people talking about Kenny Pickett and how how well he's playing so I'm going to have to go watch a bit more Pittsburgh highlights I think to see how good he actually is playing yeah and the thing with the thing with um Pitt at the moment is they they predicate their game on defense and running the football and they can't run the football for Toffee this year so they're just Kenny Pickett slinging it and I think he's second well, he was last week. He was second in the league in passing yards and pass percentage completion. And yeah, Pitt are just balling out right now. And that is a big win against Georgia Tech, considering how they beat uh, North Carolina the week before. George, Big Ten, if you would, sir. So Big Ten, we had um, Iowa 51, Maryland 14 on the um, Saturday morning uh, time, I think it was. Yeah. Indiana, zip, Penn State 24, <laughs> which... Um, Obviously, I thought Penn State would win, but I didn't. I thought Indiana would get at least a few points on the board, but obviously not. I always, I always stay put fifty-two past Rutgers. Rutgers had thirteen after Rutgers had a close game with Michigan the, the, the week before, and obviously just they got blown away by Iowa State this week. Michigan thirty-eight, Wisconsin seventeen, um, Western Kentucky thirty-one, Michigan State forty-eight, Charlotte fourteen, Illinois twenty-four. 
Minnesota 20, Purdue 13, which um, I thought Purdue might win that one as well. This is why this is why I'm not very good at um, when it comes to me, uh, two-pound bets at the weekend. <laughs> That's why I'm still <laughs> in college at the moment. I'm so, so bad at picking them. And then, um, obviously, Northwestern got thumped by Nebraska 56-7. to Yeah. The Penn State result, as you mentioned, we thought the Hoosiers might do a little bit more there, but at home, Penn State are pretty formidable, and that was a big win. And then Ohio State, are they warming up? You know, the Buckeyes with that shock loss to Oregon. That's a big win against a Rutgers team, like you rightly said. Michigan State carry on. It's There isn't anything really there, apart from how big the Iowa win was, that is perhaps shocking. You talked about your bets, George. I had a lucky 15 rolling this week. I was pretty lucky. Um it, it, I picked the favourites, and I but I picked them to cover. You know, I had Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Penn State to cover, and they all covered and rolled in, and it was decent. So, yeah, that it doesn't happen every week. You'll get one. You'll get one. It will. Uh, it will turn around. It will turn around. Have no faith. Have uh, have faith. I should say. Right. I'm just looking down here. Perfect order. I'll do the Big Twelve, and then you can take your beloved Pac-12 in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma managed a scraping 37-31 win, win over Kansas State. Oklahoma State beat Baylor 24-14. Texas got a close five-point win against TCU, winning that one 32-27. West Virginia got beaten by Texas Tech 23-20. And finally, Iowa State uh, blew out Kansas 59-7. Anything there, George, that surprised you this week? Or as again, the Big 12 business is normal. Uh, well, obviously, Oklahoma seem to be scraping past everyone at the moment. They play the. I've seen a couple of the games this year. I haven't seen this one, but they seem to be doing everything they can to lose games, manage, managing to say stay unbeaten at the moment. And obviously, that game next week against Texas is going to be a massive one in it. You know, to maybe maybe decide, um, maybe decide. Obviously, bragging rights and maybe decide. But obviously, you've got. Um, Iowa State, I think have they just oh, they've lost two now, aren't they? So yeah, it's a big game that one for for both teams. But yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How like someone plays so badly, but they still managed to be five and zero, you know. And apparently, Kansas State were unlucky in that one to make they could have come away with a win. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, surely if the principal bet should be bet the spread against Oklahoma, I don't think they've covered this season. You should, like their spread is always by ten points or more, and. They've been in real nail biters all season. And the worst bit about this Oklahoma uh, poorness, shall we say, on offense is I saw a mock draft today, the first NFL mock draft of the season, which, as you can imagine, is way too early. And I didn't need to have seen it. But the Denver Broncos got beat um, just before the Super Bowl. So we're picking third last and pick Spencer Rattler. So yeah, I, I, I can see him going a lot earlier than that unless he continues to be poor this season. But there's something to watch for sure, the, the Oklahoma struggle on offence. But as you say, they are scraping through an unbeaten. So at this point, who knows? Who knows? Come on then, Jordan. Let's have some Pac-12 talk. <laughs> so there, there was only um, five five games this week, you know, in the Pac-12, you know, all, all playing each other. And so Oregon, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, finally have come unstuck and it gets against Stanford in overtime. Um 31 points to 24 was Stanford got the touchdown and Oregon couldn't reply and so um, unbeaten run is over if you get if there's one game you get a chance to watch go back and watch is this one Arizona State 42 UTLA 23 the first half was just back and forth constantly points I think there was 12 drives nine of them scoring drives it was, yeah. it was unbelievable football and UCLA just obviously looking at the score you'd think it were a bit further apart UCLA did well in the second half. They just couldn't convert, and Arizona State ended up um, just running away with it just a little bit. But it was a lot closer than the the score suggested. A fantastic game. Yeah, they, yes. I think the first quarter was seven all, and then into the second quarter, it was just like the taps were unleashed and yeah. they went bananas. It was crazy. Yeah, it, was, it was just back and forth, like anything Jaden Daniels did. Um, Thompson Robinson just did the same, didn't he? And went, went up yeah. the field and scored. It were, and it, I think. Um, it just summed it up when I think they went down the. I don't know if it was a touchdown or a field goal. I can't remember now that Arizona, Arizona State. Oh no, UCLA scored and then UCLA kicked the ball back. Arizona State um, player 
was going to leave it, and then he decides to touch the ball. Yeah. Just bounced straight for it, and then obviously UCLA recovered and managed. And that will be two seconds left, so they could cook it, uh, kick a free points for your goal. Yeah. <laughs> We're just one of them mad first halves. It was a really good game. It was, yeah, yeah. And then we had, like you said, UCLA couldn't quite get it down. They drove it down to like the two yard line, uh, went for it on fourth down when they probably should have kicked it because that would have brought it back to a one score game. And then Arizona State then went 96 yards. The first play was a 47 yard pass from Jaden Daniels, who played superb all night. And I think that was the difference. I think the quarterback decision making on the night, although DTR was really good, the decision to keep it on an option and not part or hand it off on the option on the fourth down at the two yard line probably cost Arizona state the game there. And unfortunately the ball, excuse the pun, but the, the ball was in his hand at that point because it was an option play. So it's down to him to decide what happens and him keeping it just meant he got stopped at the line and Jaden Daniels just walked Arizona state back up and then scored. And from there it was a chase down from UCLA and they couldn't get the job done. Yeah. That, that, that was one of the two games I listened to this weekend on the streaming service. And as you say, it was an absolute belter. So if you do get a chance, go and watch it. Yeah, there was something similar in the Oregon game. I think it was 17-10 at that point. Stanford, right on half time. Um, Brown, the quarterback for Oregon, had a chance to just offload it to CJ Riddell. And it was a walking touchdown, but he kept hold of it himself on fourth and one. And um, he got stuffed. And obviously, they were chasing the game. And it could have been different, you know, if that went in. It's, it's like you said, these... These decision makings from quarterbacks are picked up on by NFL scouts. You know, it might be only little things, and it's it's just things like that can cost you the game. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, continuing USC uh, got another win for 7 40 against Colorado, who've um, have been surprisingly bad this year. Colorado, I know they have had a, a tough schedule, but they've just had no offense whatsoever. And this and the, the defense have kept them in games for so long, and you and you know, as like a football fan, that there's only if your offense has to stay on the field for long, you, your defense is gonna is gonna crack eventually, and that's what's been happening. And they just can't put anything together at the moment. You know, um, you, um, they've got the uh, freshman in at the moment, uh, Brandon Lewis, and he's just he, I feel I feel for him to be honest with you as a freshman. He just can't put anything together, and they, and they they're keeping him in there, and it's just, it's hard to watch to be honest with you. And and USC were. And not not a very good team this year. <laughs> yeah, and um, if it weren't for Drake London, I think um, it'd, it'd be much worse. They seem to be everything seems to be hanging on him at the moment on offense, which which is good with me because he's he's my number one receiver. But carry on. <laughs> um, Washington State um, beat California twenty one six, and when the um, previews when the reviews come out. You'll see that there won't much to talk about in this game because there's not there's not many words in this one. It was a it was a very poor game, <laughs> very very poor game, and I'm not saying that just because Washington State were rivals and Washington lost, but it, it wasn't <laughs> a great game. And then obviously, I hate to finish on it, but Washington got beat by uh, Oregon State 27-24, which were a fantastic win for Oregon State. Obviously, they see themselves with Oregon, Oregon losing. Oregon State at top of the North now with a four and one four and one record and. Um, I think they are, they are. I'm sure they're three and zero in the con- with conference wins as well. But as we mentioned earlier, with the um, decision making um, of quarterbacks, this was more Jimmy Lake really. Um, Washington were it was twenty four. It was twenty four all and twenty four twenty one. Sorry, in normal time, and um, Washington decided to go for it on four from one in their own half. Oh. Um, it just, in to me, I don't know if, if other people are, are like want, love these like gutsy calls to go for it, but I'd rather just punt it and see if they can go up the other end and score. But they went for it, turned the ball over. Oregon State got in field goal position and uh, won the game. And that's all I'm going to say about it because it still hurts now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't know about you. I just, we, we, Saw it with Ole Miss, you know, going for it on fourth constantly. And I suppose in that aspect that they suppose they had to because Alabama, they knew that Alabama were going to score on most yeah. drives. But this, for me, Washington are, are, have got a fantastic defence, you know. Put it back in their, their half. And if they can go all the way up and score, fair play. But to hand it over on your own 45-yard line. Yeah, I yeah. I think if you look at it statistically, you've got more percent chance of scoring on a twenty on a fourth and sure 
yourself than you have of holding the opposing defense if you punt it, if that makes more sense, if that makes sense. So I understand it from a statistical point of view to go for it on fourth and short, especially more so in college where perhaps the defenses aren't quite as well organized unless you are one of the big teams who are rolling out defenses like Georgia. But when you're, like you say, up on your own 45, even if you punt into the end zone and they start on the 25, you know, aim for the corner, get it out of bounds at the 10. You haven't even got to hit the pylon. Just get it out of bounds down and make them drive up. And yeah, I don't know. I think it was probably the wrong, and it was the wrong decision. (laughs) You you said it. So, right. The SEC, SEC, as we've mentioned, Bama beat Ole Miss 42-21. Georgia beat Arkansas 37-0. Florida lost to Kentucky 2013. Texas A&M, they lost. Mississippi State beat them 26-22. Auburn beat LSU 24-19. Tennessee beat Missouri 62-24, which is a big, big win for the Vols. South Carolina beat Troy 23-14. And then Vanderbilt were run close by the useless Yukon Huskies. But Vandy came out with a win 30-28. George, we've obviously mentioned uh, Bama, Georgia, Florida. Anything else that we haven't covered you think we need to touch on? Yeah, like you mentioned Mississippi State beating Texas A&M. I feel for Texas A&M because... If um, Haynes King got injured, I, I think it was I think it was week one. It might have been week two, but they've uh, brought obviously the backup in, which is Zach Calzado, and he's he's struggled on offense. And I think Texas A and M would be in a better position because the defense is so good. You know they've held they've held teams the best they can. You know, and obviously Zach Calzado just can't keep keep them on the pitch with, with the ball in the air. You know, they're relying on Spiller so much. And there's only, I know these athletes are fantastic players, but there's only so much one person or a group players can do. And Zach, and I, I, I keep mentioning him. And, I, and I, like I said, I'm not, I don't, I hate to criticise players because I'm, I'm sure he's, he's trying his best, but he just can't move the ball. And the Texan and defence just coming out constantly. And, I do feel for them. I think they would have had a better season if Haynes King would have, would have um, been in there. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Although I don't think Haynes King was that terrific in his first half week one. But, would you know, and it was it was even a quarterback battle until week one between him and Zach Calzado. It's just, yeah, it's what could have been, I suppose, for Texas A&M at this point. And then the only other thing from the SEC I want to... Did you see the Bo Nix touchdown where he ran around, missed a load of players and, and then threw it sort of to a guy in the end zone? Have you seen that, George? Yeah, I did, yeah. It's yes. absolutely ludicrous. If you see it, if you go out and see it, Rush Nation, Bonix is running around for his life, dodging tackles. If he does that in the NFL, he's getting murdered. Absolutely. You can't, that is not a play that you can, even at LSU as well, their defence, all right, it's not the best this year, but it's, those guys are missing tackles out there and Auburn get the win 24-19. I, yeah, group of five, George, Select some, some. we won't run through all of these, there's some indifferent ones in there, but select some picks from here and, and run them off, would you? I think, obviously, the the, the top one of our list, Cincinnati 24, Notre Dame 13, it's a big, big win for, for the Bearcats, you know, they move up to five. And not, I watched um, I watched most of this game, so it was obviously on Sky Sports, and I was just flicking over when, when there were breaks on the others, so I, I caught quite a bit of it each time. And Notre Dame... Could easily have won this game. They found themselves in good positions, and the um, I think there were one time where there was an interception in the end zone where they where they, they marched up the field and and um, and they, I, I, they, I forgot the guy's name. Now quarterback, not your name. name. They, he's a transfer from Wisconsin, wasn't he? And he, he threw a pick in the thing. So it could have. Yeah, but Jack Cohn. Um, yeah, he yes. did he get benched or did they did he get injured? Um. I think he, I think it was he benched um, because I've only looked through the scores. Obviously, briefly, haven't seen any highlights from this one, and I just saw that they, him and the other quarterback, almost throw the same amount of pass attempts. I know that um, when I said, I suppose, like I said, bench, but I know that he likes to use more than one quarterback. He, he mixes it up a bit, you know, like and and use it. He uses all this three of them, and, yeah. and he uses three of them at times. Even the third choice, um, not not as many snaps as the other two, like I said, but he still uses them. And I don't know. Well, I suppose it's not a benching, is it? It's just it's just rotation, and it's it's, it's 
something I'm not a massive fan of, but um, and then obviously it didn't work this this time <laughs> this time this game. But it's it's, it's something that, that, that they do. I know he got injured last week, but yeah, it's odd. It's odd. Yeah, <laughs> best way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's like I don't know. It's like you, you, do you know who your best quarterback is, and that's what you're doing, or is it just that these 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 guys can offer you individual things, but one of them can't offer you all these same things at once. It's but that's not really continuity for the team, is it? I'm, I'm not a fan of it. No, never, never am I. <laughs> Obviously, we mentioned BYU getting into the top 10. They beat, um, they went to Utah State and won 34-20, which is a good, good win for them. Mentioned Fresno State losing to Hawaii 24-27, which, 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 was, a, which was a shock. And um, the highlights I did see of one, which I'll mention the last one, was Boise State 31, Nevada 41. Nevada have got a few good players. So if you go, if, if you like your your draft players and, and looking at, at players for, for when the draft comes around, Nevada have got a few good players over on their side. So, you know, ones that will probably go late, but just keep an eye out for a few of theirs. Yeah. And I think the only other result from that list is Navy beating UCF 34 30. UCF were ten and a half point favourites in that one, and I considered putting them in as my fourth pick over Penn State for my lucky fifteen. Please, I didn't because UCF losing to Navy. You know, Navy are probably the best service academy this year, but that's a big loss, big big loss. And um, Jordan, that's we we we've got some games of the week, but I think we've covered them all pretty well. So I don't think we need to dive into the reviews from our games of the week all over the place. Anything else you want to share from from the results this week? Um, I think I, I think I got enough Pac-12 talking, didn't I? I think I think I think I've done all right. <laughs> so, so I don't know when I'll be, be back on again. So I can, <laughs> can go back to to taking the mic. I love it really. You know, it's it's a good back and forth. But I think I think I should just stay up for just one half free Pac-12 game just to see what it's like. Well, I'll 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 talk him into it. I'll talk him into it. I'll get him to I'll get him to sit down and watch some Pack Twelve properly, and then we can. But look, Jordan, man, you you are more than welcome to come back anytime and and get into it with Ash about the Pack Twelve because it's nice to have a different point of view. Because Ash, the Big Ten, Ohio State, they are not the only team in college football, my man. Jordan, thank you so much for stepping in and 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 being my wingman today where can uh, rush nation find you obviously all your work is over at fiveyardrush.co.uk gloriously covering the pack 12 and the sec for us this season where can they find you on twitter if they want to interact yeah so just on twitter it's um jord as in like it says on the screen and then just m87 so at jord m87 over there and you, you'll see me active on saturdays I, I, I love getting into debates with people so yeah just just drop us a follow and we can we can talk some football Go and hit Jordan up about the Pac-12 because he's all about it, Rush Nation. As I mentioned, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk. Check out the website for all the articles, not just college, but there is a whole load of fantasy stuff over there as well, as you're well aware because you're listening to this on the main channel now. This is the second of four shows, which is going to go out on both channels before we move over to the main channel. So if you're listening to this for the first time, you've made it to the end. Next week, I will mention it at the beginning, just in case you don't make the end. But the next two shows will be out on the College channel and the Five Yard channel. And then after that, it will be on the Five Yard channel alone. Head over to Manscaped, pick yourself up a groomer, save 20% with the code Five Yard at checkout and get free global shipping as well. Thank you very much, George. It's been a pleasure, my man. I will get you back on with Ash. We'll have a triple threat ding dong and we'll see how it goes. Rush Nation, that is it. All it leaves me to say is that Saturdays are for rushing too. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.